Hi, hello, and welcome to Oh Boy, the podcast presented by Man Repeller. I'm your host, Jay Bume, and today's guest is Mika Hollander, the co-founder of Sustain Natural. For those who don't know, Sustain Natural is a company that makes condoms and other sexual wellness products using responsibly sourced materials and environmentally sound production processes. It's a really great concept, and, and we talked in depth about it, among many other things. Before we head into it, I want to thank today's sponsor, The Real Real, whose founder, Julie Wainwright, was our guest for episode 27. Head to The Real Real to shop today and get a 20% discount with the code MANREPELLER. That's MANREPELLER with no spaces. It's election day. I hope y'all voted. I'm equal parts anxious and excited to see what tonight brings. Okay, let's get into it. And that's also like that's your there's like a sustain office in New York. No, I work out of a space with a couple of my friends, mm-hmm. um, but our main office is in Vermont. Oh, okay. Sustain office. Is that where you're from? Yeah. You grew up in Vermont. Mm-hmm. Where in Vermont? Um, outside of Burlington. Okay, yeah. But I like Burlington yeah, a lot. Yeah, I like it. I I'm enjoying it more as an adult going back there once in a while than I did growing up there. Of course, that's how it goes. So, growing up in Vermont, like, would you consider it ideal? What were you doing growing up? just listening to fish and <laughs> no <laughs> listening really? to people sit around in circles play guitar uh yeah actually Seriously? kind of yeah. no I mean I yeah it's funny I grew up in Vermont a lot of skiing I was yeah. on the ski race team which is very strange the and ski race team like, yeah, like on a going race through team. the going through the flags the and gates, stuff yeah really um that lasted for about one season oh okay <laughs> I was like, this is not for me. What else were you doing in Vermont besides skiing? Skiing and studying. I was like a huge nerd. Really? Where did that come from? I mean, I liked to party, but I also just like was very strict about like studying. And like, it was funny. Like my parents were always like, you're studying too much. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe just trying to get out of Vermont. Are your parents like? Are your parents <laughs> trying to make sure I could leave? Are they like Vermont like hippies? No, I mean, so my parents are. Uh, I like to call them like fancy hippies because mm. my mom was actually a huge hippie. She went. To, they both went to Hampshire College. Okay. Um. So they're they are hippies, but now they're like. Like, my dad likes to, like, think that he's a hippie, but he, like, can't really hang, like, hard. It's like, I didn't sell out. I bought in. Right. So, yeah, I mean, they both, like, have that background. But, no, I mean, my dad moved. We moved to Vermont when I was, like, seven because my dad started his prior business there, which is Seventh Generation, the cleaning products company. Oh, what? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So we were there. He dragged my mom there. Um, she was not down, but then she like got into it and now she really likes it. <laughs> where, 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 where was he before that? We were like, here. We were in Manhattan. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, we get, we gotten up in the fucking, we're going to the country. He was, he was commuting for a couple years. Oh, like wow. he would be there during the week. What? Yeah. What and a then dedicated just, dad you have. Yeah. He's well, and then he dragged us all there, <laughs> but. So you were so you weren't like in Vermont from the get go. So like it wasn't in your blood. Like it wasn't. No, like, but it it no it wasn't. Yeah. No. <laughs> so what kind of kid were you growing up? Besides being a book a bookworm, or like would you? Like, I was like both. I was like, what kind of kid was I? I was extremely loud and like talkative in class. So but I was like a really good student. Right. But I was like a really bad 
classroom student. Like no filter. No, yeah, and just like disruptive. Right. And, um, but I was, but I would like study really hard and get good right. grades. So I was like the best and the worst of both worlds. Well, what was your family like? Your dad, so your dad is an entrepreneur. My dad is a, is a true entrepreneur in that this sustain, which I started with him, is his, I think, fifth business. Oh, wow. So he is hardcore. Yeah. Um, my mom was a lawyer. Um, she hasn't been practicing since we moved to Vermont, which is now a while. Right. But um, they're awesome. They're, That's cool. My mom's a boss. My dad just, like, is the boss in the office. But, you know, my mom's the, the true She's boss. the real. She's the one pulling the strings. That's, yeah. I gotcha. What, uh, was there things that, like, they were exposing to you when you were younger? Like, what, was there, like, kind of, like, a path that they were pushing you into at all? So, Basically, no, actually, I watched my dad be an entrepreneur. Yeah. Start seventh generation. Was it like, something that, like, he was always good at? Like, were there, did, you, did you see him go through trials and tribulations? Yeah, I saw him. I saw it up and, go up and down. I mean, I think the last sort of, like, eight or nine years that he was there, um, which was would now be, he left there about five years ago, um, it was doing really well. So I, I didn't see it as much as the, I hear more about that now as we're going through stuff with Sustain. He's mm-hmm. like, yeah, this is like normal stuff. But no, I actually like thought starting a business looked pretty terrible. I yeah. was like, I was like, that is definitely not what I want to do. Well, there's nobody pushing you to do it except yourself. Yeah, and, and also it's just, like, so stressful. Yeah. And so actually you can only something... be mad at yourself. You can't be mad at, like, your boss. No, and actually I was... It's funny. I've been thinking about this a lot because um, actually Leandra and I were talking about safe sex a couple weeks ago starting businesses, and, and she was saying how, that she usually tells, like, young women, like, you know, don't... It's not like everybody should start a business. Right. And I really agree with that and the thing that we both sort of like aligned on was like you really need to have some sort of like this is bigger than me purpose in what you're doing Mm. because it's so up and down and if you don't feel like I'm so you know I'm for me it's like I know that every single day I'm like helping women prevent unplanned pregnancies and not get STDs and so even if my business doesn't work out I do feel like I'm contributing positively every day and also creating products that respect the environment and like you know yeah my voice just cracked (laughs) It's because we're talking about sex. That's exactly happens what happens to everybody. Just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're respecting the environment. <laughs> um, no, yeah, like that's no, that makes sense. That's really that's really interesting. Were you did you were you ever like an awkward kid at all? Yeah, I mean, I was like wearing bell bottoms in Vermont when nobody like knew what was going on. What? That was I was. It was awkward because I like we would come. We would still come to New York a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I would just, you know, things like bell bottoms, which is just the thing that sticks out in my mind, mm-hmm. or like those really horrible polyester t-shirts that had like big flower prints on them. I would be like, these were really cool in New oh, York. like the printed ones? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah like, it was yeah. rough. Yeah. But I thought they were the best. And so I would like go back to Vermont and wear these clothes and people were just made so much fun of me. Yeah. And little did they know. You were pretty, pretty cool. Look, I get that. I thought I was pretty cool, but nobody else did. Look, I totally understand that. My grandma worked at, like, an old folks home, and, like, she worked in, like, the, like, donation department. So, like, whenever people would donate their awesome, like, th- like polyester golf pants, yeah. and, like, she would just give them to me. Those tearaways? I loved them. 
They weren't tearaways. No, they were like tear. Yeah, no, those were those. No one's giving away no, their Adidas tearaways. No, I'm talking like '70s. You know, green like uh, like tartan patterned polyester golf pants. Shit yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. No, there were some. I used to wear all that stuff. I used to get made fun of all the time. But I was like, I feel so good in this. I think the best was like. Um, you probably don't remember, but like the bra strap headband phase. Um, the bra strap headband? Yeah. That was, I think, where it got pretty far reaching. And my, I think my mom was probably just looking at me like, oh my God, like this is just please take this stuff off your head. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I was really into like all those weird trends, but people in Vermont weren't weren't doing that like were you just were you kind of like left to your own devices just getting weird or like what was your <laughs> no <laughs> I was like going to Jewish summer camp in Maine and like people were like you know had all these cool things like bra strap headbands and butterfly clips and I was like I need to get some of these yeah Jewish summer camp in Maine I went to that's where you find the best fashion that is true I went to a summer camp in New York it wasn't like Jewish, like, you mean, like, did you have, like, services and stuff? We did, actually. Yeah. When I say Jewish, it was it was pretty actually Jewish. Yeah. Yeah. There there were no non-Jews there. Oh. So, well, because, like, who actually wants to spend their summer doing Jewish services <laughs> in Maine um, if they're not Jewish, but. I know. I remember I was raised Jewish. I remember having to, like, go to, like, temple and stuff and just being like, oh, I just want to get the hell out of here. Like, yeah, I don't and I just like right couldn't wait to do that all summer. Well, I didn't. Yeah. There wasn't a big, there isn't a big like Jewish community in Vermont, and so huh. for me, it didn't feel like annoying to do it over the summer. I kind yeah. of like there weren't, you know, it was it was just like a different experience for yeah. me. Do but yeah, it was boring. Are <laughs> you still like? Do you keep in touch with your camp friends? Yeah, my like literal best friend is my friend from camp. Really? Yeah. That's cool. That's a that's a beautiful She's thing. She's great. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's nice. Um, were there people that you looked up to growing up? People that you wanted to emulate? Different, different, at different points, different people. Yeah, well, who pops out? <sighs> growing up, you mean like other than the Spice Girls, obviously. Cause well, that, no, the Spice Girls count. The Spice Girls were a really, yeah, there were so many different phases. So Of course, that, everybody has, nobody's like, nobody's on like solid path. <laughs> You know, the Spice Girls, the Spice Girls were very important to me um, for a long time, specifically Scary Spice, because my hair is extremely like uncontrollable. And mm. so f for a while, like, you know, at camp, let's just go back to camp because yeah. apparently that's on my mind. Um, yeah. Whenever we did like lip syncs, they always made me be Scary Spice because my hair was like Wild. Scary Spice. Yeah. Um, who else? How do you feel about the reunion with just the three of them and them still calling it the Spice Girls? I don't... Uh, I, I'm more excited right now. Victoria Beckham, a.k.a. Posh Spice, just came out with this amazing remix video of what I really, really want, but it's about, like, gender equality and equal pay. It's like... Yeah, it's great. If oh, you wow. haven't seen it, you no. should go watch it. I want to check that I'm out. Sh I'm sure a lot of people have seen it, but it's, yeah. it's pretty inspiring. <laughs> Well, was there, like, a path that you wanted to follow? Like, what were you thinking? Like, what was going through your mind when you were, like, in high school getting ready to get out of Vermont? Well, once I or got did you even through, want to get out of Vermont? I did, yes. That was very important to me, to come back to New York, which I did and went to NYU. But um, I, after I had got over deciding that I wanted to be a fashion designer, which was... Oh, that was... Uh... <laughs> that was, like, 
probably, you know, fifth through eighth grade-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, I really did, like look up to my dad and um, no surprise there now that I work with him, but not in so much as like, oh, I really want to be an entrepreneur like my dad. But what I didn't realize until I actually like left Vermont and went to college and wasn't in, because Vermont is the end seventh generation. I lived in this like very friendly bubble of Mm -hmm. like, oh, businesses are out there to make the world a better place and like always do the right thing, even if you don't make any money. Um, (laughs) That's kind of like, that's the Vermont Business Bureau's motto, right? (laughs) I mean, it's, my dad probably wouldn't say not if you don't make any money because he's realistic, but like it, it was this bubble of like, everybody is thinking about how they can make the world a better place. That's the best way to right. say it. And so I I figured that, of course, I would do that as well because that's what one is supposed to do. Why do you think that became so localized in Vermont, that kind of, like, MO in terms of, like, running businesses that way? Well, I mean, actually, there are a lot of uh, laws. I don't know a ton of them off the top of my head specifically to enable, like, better business practices and uh-huh. responsible business practices. You can get a lot of grants for using alternative energy, you know, there's stuff, there is stuff that enables that. But I also just think, you know, Vermont, yeah, whether it's Ben and Jerry's or Seventh Generation or Burton Snowboards, um, everybody sort of like came together and like, it's it's a cooperative, friendly community. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not like Wall Street competition wise. Um, It's it's a nice place. Everybody's, it's just a, it's a friendly, friendly place. but I don't know. It is cool. I mean, the businesses that are based there are definitely all have that sort of like social responsibility. I vibe. think that's really interesting. I, think this is, I just I was, I was curious if you had like yeah. your point of view on that. You know. Um. So, so eighth grade fashion career over. Ended. Ended. And then what? Well, and then I then I. Actually, I mean, it was sort of interesting. I wasn't really sure what I, I wasn't like going to college with like a very specific thing in mind. Um, I continued to study like environmental studies and mm. business. Business was always interesting to me. I right. didn't know what capacity I would go into it in. Um, but also environmental studies. was Yeah, that- well, that same thread of like making the world a better place and stuff right. like that. Um, but then, you know, I, I graduated in 2009, 2009. Um, which was like when there were like no jobs. I mean, it was the right. middle of the financial crisis. So it wasn't like the time where you from were. Col- yeah, from college. Yeah, yeah. So oh, okay. I wasn't like, oh my God, what do I want to do? I have every opportunity. Yeah. It was like, you just need to get a job. Yeah, you got to like get that. <laughs> like rent. hit up every person you've ever come into contact with and apply for everything. Yeah. So yeah, so I didn't, I didn't like go and get my dream job. I worked at like a big strategy and d- design agency working for, Fortune 500 companies. Is that what you went to school for? Like, what, no, what I were just, you do? What were you doing at NYU? Well, I was in the individualized study program. Oh, was that uh, the, the technically? Gallatin? Yes, it was my major that I created, uh, socially responsible business. Nice. So not too far from what I'm ended up doing. Yeah. But yeah, I just did a bunch of different stuff, That's mostly cool. like econ and environmental studies and. I don't remember what else. Were the things that you were getting exposed to at that time that were getting you excited or and things that were, you know, keep pushing you on the path that you were going on? Yeah, I mean, I always I worked every semester. I always had an internship and was working a couple days a week. Um, so I did sort of like 
go back into the fashion world a little bit, um, working at like theory for a few years. Um, and then I also like then, um, I don't remember what summer it was. I start seventh generation decided to launch, which is now like 10 years ago, which is crazy. Um, organic cotton tampons, okay. which are now all the rage, all the which rage. is awesome. Yeah. But, uh, nobody wanted to talk about periods 10 years ago when we were trying to. Yeah, uh, no, but anyways, so, so your dad's like, was, no. So I went back to Vermont for the summer, worked on this organic tampon launch at seventh generation and got really into like, we worked with a bunch of, you know, reproductive health organizations. I got a lot more educated on like, I always knew to not use certain products because they were going on your skin and what right. you shouldn't have in those products. But I started thinking through like something that's actually going inside your body. And that's where my initial, you know, interest in the intersection between sort of like reproductive health and business happened. Huh. It's really interesting because like, yeah, the they don't regulate the the chemicals or like the makeup of like what goes into those products that you like put inside your body oh no i mean yeah they don't regulate cosmetics they don't yeah. regulate tampons they don't regulate condoms or lubricants um most things they don't regulate yeah but condoms um and lubricants are medical devices technically and they don't regulate what goes in them huh that sounds i guess weird so are right? t- tampons are also i think an fda regulated device device yeah <laughs> So, okay, so you were, so, so you were doing that job and then that was while you were in school? That was while I was in undergrad. And then graduation comes and you're just like, fuck. (laughs) Like, get a job. Fuck. Actually, I was on a plane going somewhere with my family for vacation and I got called by this guy and he was like, okay, I think I have a job for you. My dad was like, get off the plane. (laughs) Um, I stayed on the plane, but, um. Yeah, it was it was like that. I mean, it was it was I was very fortunate to be able to find a job at that time. Um, but it was not like go find out, find your passion, find do what like, you just love. Feel, feel your no, feel it out. No, it was like do whatever you do. Yeah, and it doesn't matter what you do as long as you're getting paid. Yeah. Um, were you liking what you were doing? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, it was like a marketing research mix of things, job strategy and. I learned, I, I actually loved the people that I was working for. And mm. so I've stayed in touch with them and they've been really supportive with Sustain. Um, we we actually went back and hired the company to do a little bit of work for Sustain right when we launched, which was kind oh, of cool. cool. Um, but it was, yeah, I mean, I learned how to work at a medium-sized company and like get a paycheck and pay my bills. And um, I was happy that my mom had encouraged me to take the GMAT while I was still an undergrad. So when I was sort of feeling like done with my job and wanting to figure out what I wanted to do next, I applied to business school. That's like that's like the hardest test, right? That's like one of the hardest tests. It's it's one of the hardest tests for me because I'm horrible at standardized tests. Yeah. But I think for pe- it's not as hard as like the LSAT or the okay. MCAT. But still it's hard. Yeah, it's not fun. Keeps people from doing certain things. Yeah, I'm 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 have a lot of friends now who are studying for it like while they have jobs and I'm very grateful that I took it yeah. like while I was still in school. So were you were you at a point where you're like you're working at that company and you're like I like this but this is not really what I want to do. I'm going to go to business school. Was yeah, I thinking? was I was sort of on this like I see it as like these multiple pieces to get me where I got I am now and that was a phase of like okay, well I'm going to do you know, I'm going to learn how to be strategic and like 
learn all of these skills and work for these really big companies. And I was working on, I got really excited about one project we were working on, I remember, because there was like an environmental aspect to this product Mm -hmm. um, and sustainability story. And that was sort of the emphasis of the project. But it didn't feel like super authentic because it was this really big corporation just sort of like pushing out their more like eco-friendly version of something. And so that was a moment where I was sort of like, "Mm, this is, I want to have more say over what I'm working on versus like being at an agency and just having to take whatever work that I'm given Mm -hmm. um, and sort of figuring out how to market products that I don't think are actually benefiting the world or people. Um, Because like bigger companies will do that a lot. They'll like see some like upstarts like doing well with like more of like a a product that comes from a good place, but, and they'll try and do it, but they usually kind of fail because like they're just so out of touch with like where it's got to come from in order for it to resonate with people. Well, it's interesting. Trojan condoms actually did that. I think they, like nine years ago, they tried to come out with like a women's focus line Mm. and it failed because of what you're talking about. I mean, Trojan is not a female brand. (laughs) No. (laughs) And they never tried to be, and they did, I guess, try, but I think that's exactly right, what you're saying. Yeah. It, It didn't feel authentic, and so... And I think that's what people want, like, especially with those kinds of things, like, where you're making a conscious choice of, like, how you're spending your money rather than just being like, I'm gonna just buy whatever's on the shelf. Exactly. You know? Yeah, I mean, that was... I started thinking... That made me start thinking about, like, okay... What do I want to do next? I don't really know. I thought what I wanted to do was like take it a step further, but not like actually start a business where I was going to go work for a big company, but work in their like sustainability team. Right. So that was my intermediary step, um, which still did not feel super fulfilling because it was a very much like a nice to have for the corporation versus like something that they really were committed to. Right. Um, and so. While I was in business school, um, my dad started talking about these condoms that he wanted to make. And I was yeah. like, okay, this is interesting. Like, I, you know, I had a few other opportunities and I just, I was interested in this. And I, you know, was hesitant to work with my dad. Everybody told me not to go work with your parents. Why? I well, mean, I know, I know, I I know a bunch I, of reasons why, but I'm just curious. Like, Yeah, I mean, I have obviously a whole new perception of it now that I'm doing it and that it's been a couple years but I mean I think what I realized which was hard was that everybody I was talking to had sort of joined a company that their parents had started and Mm. I think that that's a very different dynamic than starting something completely because it's so hard for you to do it the way that you want to do it because their hands are so tight on the reins that you almost feel stunted in a way in that situation in that kind of situation exactly and and everybody was like it's going to, you know, it ruins your relationship with your parent or it changes it, which is, it definitely changes it. I mean, that's true. My dad and I will forever have a different relationship, um, which is not a bad thing. Um, Do you feel closer to him in some ways? I feel closer to him. I feel like I know him a lot better. I feel like I know him in a a much more holistic sense than I did before, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, interesting. Um... But, yeah, I mean, I see sides of him that I never would otherwise see. Right. Good and bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was frustrating about initially trying to get this going? So he came to you with this idea of, like, doing, like, sustainable condoms, and then did you take that idea and then run with it and, like, expand it? So he came to me um, 
we were I will never forget a couple summers ago like sitting around the pool and he like put down a couple pieces of paper to a couple friends and I and was like all right guys like read this and let me know what you think and it was like his you know sustainable condom business idea um and I thought it was interesting but I was like there's just not a big enough market for fair trade condoms. Like this concept needs to be a lot bigger than this. Right. We need to have a much bigger point of differentiation. But I thought, you know, I was interested in the category because the way that my dad was thinking about it was like this is, there are very few what he calls net positive products out there. So products that when you think of every aspect of the supply chain and then people using it, um, the ultimate result is a net positive. Mm. Um, there's very few products like that because a lot everything creates a lot of waste. Right. But when you think about preventing unplanned pregnancy and preventing STDs, you really understand that condoms are actually not only critical but like have so much more positive than negative worldwide. Worldwide. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought it was interesting, but I was thinking about it from like my standpoint and what was my experience buying condoms and you know, did a lot of research and started learning that like 40% of condoms are actually purchased by women, but they're very uncomfortable buying condoms and going on to like going into the aisle at the drugstore, just like looking what was there, like nothing really appealed to me. I'm like, I'm in my thirties and I still feel uncomfortable in that aisle sometimes. You know what I mean? The average amount of time people spend in that aisle is seven seconds. Yeah. It's like, even like if I'm looking for something and it's near, it's like, I don't want to be in like a Walmart. And like, I was like, I was literally in Walmart in West Virginia, like a couple weeks ago. And I was like, I don't want these people to think I'm looking at lube. I was just like looking for something else. But it's just like, and <laughs> I would like to think that I'm a pretty like open Evolved, person, yeah. you know, but even still, I was just like, I, you know, no, I, I, people, I talk about this all the time. Like even my, me who like does this for a living, like there are still moments where it's not super comfortable, right. not necessarily in the aisles of the stores because I spend a lot of time there, but um, it's sex is like a very taboo subject and right. anything associated with it is taboo as well. So it's hard to break out of that mindset. Is it weird working with your dad in that aspect? Have you come across any kind of it's hurdles not, with that? No, it's not weird um, at all. I mean, it's very much like we treat it like a business. Of mm -hmm. course, there are some times that are like, it's a little funny. Where yeah. We're like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were like, okay, product categories. Like, what else can we go into? Like, okay, like, well, obviously there's sex toys. And then we were like, nope, definitely <laughs> not going into the sex toy business together. Yeah. Um, I'd never say never. We, well, I, we said never for now. <laughs> but... No, it's not. I think it's important for us to sort of demonstrate that as a like healthy, normal conversation. Like right. parents should be able to talk to their kids about sex. And if not them, literally who? Since most, a lot of states still require abstinence education. The whole, I can't believe that's still a thing. I can't believe like in the, t like the, like what year it is and that like people, like people are pushing and fighting for that when it's like you have all the data, you have all the facts, like it shows that it doesn't work. It shows that it does more harm than good. Oh yeah. I mean, like why do people like just ignore that all the time? Is it because it's for religion? religion. Yeah. That's, a, that's, that's unfortunate. Back to the Jewish summer camp. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> They're not like that. <laughs> My Jewish summer camp was very wild. You know. So I like know. Ours was really not. Apparently ours was, it had been really wild, like in the old days. Yeah. 
<laughs> like the Wet Hot American Summer days? Well, actually, Wet Hot American Summer is based on my camp. Oh, is that the one David Wayne went to? Yeah. What? And so we, one year for Color War, actually, they used Wet Hot American. Obviously, they had to cut out like 95% of the scenes. Because right. <laughs> there were like 10-year-olds watching it. Yeah. They used that to break Color War. That's amazing. Yeah. It was like Molly Sims, or not Molly Sims, Molly, oh my God. Shannon? Yeah, being like Breaking Color War was pretty cool. For people who'd never been to summer camp on the East Coast, Breaking Color War is a big deal. It's a huge deal. (laughs) Like they did fake ones. Yeah. 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 Like Sykes is what they called them. Yeah. (laughs) That's such a weird thing. Like Um, half the people are like, okay, I'm out of this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, I might get a note. Uh, I have no idea what color war is. Take this out. I'm like, all right. I mean, I was a fucking captain one year. Whoa, was, that's a big deal. And I was like a delinquent too. So I was like, you know, I feel like it made me want to be a better camper. You probably had like a really good personality and yeah. they thought you were like inclusive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I was the kid that would get, uh, I would bring all the Kool-Aid and dye all the kids' hairs. All the different colors. That sounds inclusive. Yeah, that is inclusive. I'm like, guys, like, let's let your freak flag fly. You yeah, know? that's like, per- that's a perfect. And I even know at my camp which team you would have been the captain of. Yeah, because they had different <laughs> characteristics. <laughs> that's awesome. Pardon the interruption, but I want to take a moment to thank the Real Real for sponsoring today's episode. For those who don't know, the Real Real is the place for luxury consignment. And with their services, it has never been this easy. I'm sure most people listening to this have something really, really nice hanging in their closet right now. Something you spend a lot of dough on, but you never wear it and you can't bring yourself to get rid of it. I know this feeling and I'm guessing you do too. Well, the Real Real allows you to sell those items in an easy to navigate manner where you can earn up to 70% of the sale price for your items. And it is a fact that most items sell in three to five days. They also offer free in-home pickup as well as free direct shipping for any items purchased. Right now, they are accepting women's and men's luxury fashion, fine jewelry and watches, home decor and art, and even kids' clothes. Whether you're looking to make some cash or get some luxury items at a steep discount, The Real Real is the spot for you. Shop today and get a 20% discount using the code MANREPELLER. That's MANREPELLER with no spaces. Okay, back to the show. Okay, so back to your having this meeting. Your dad puts down a piece of paper at the pool. You read the thing. <laughs> you're like, okay, yeah, but... And then all this other stuff. And then where did it go from there? So then we spent about a year... Uh, I was still in school, business school, doing yeah. my second year. We were... My dad spent time, like, in Southeast Asia and all over looking for rubber plantation... Um, manufacturing facility. Because you guys use sustainable rubber. We use, yeah, our, our latex comes from the only fair trade certified rubber plantation in the world that makes latex for condoms. Wow. That's a mouthful. It just <laughs> means that there's no children working on the plantation. Yep. There's no harmful chemicals used in the manufacturing process. Um, everyone ha- has a happy or like life, wage, <laughs> fair kinda, wage, yeah. access to, like, everyone's, and all the kids are in school. How did your dad find that? Was he just, like, traveling around? He and just, he just went, like, walked into it? Yeah, <laughs> no. He, I would imagine he, they he went to a, a bunch. I think he went to at least four different rubber plantations, and this one was, like, far and beyond, like, very different than anything else in a good way. We worked with the former head of R&D from Direx to find the, and source the latex. Oh, cool. 
So he had some guidance. He had a little bit of guidance. He's not just wandering around with a map trying no. to ask people to point him in the right direction. No, it's very, it was a little bit more guided. But yeah, so we we spent about a year, you know, figuring out the supply chain and yeah. doing a test run, getting the, pro- you know, having people try out the products. Were you still in school during this? And like, yeah, what was my- the transition from like leaving school to starting this? My dad was doing, like, leading a lot of this while I was still in school. While we were, like, while I was getting closer to graduating, we started to, like, sit down and talk about, like, if I was going to really officially, like, join him in starting this and helping Mm. him raise money. Um, What was going through your mind when you were making that decision? I was super excited about it, but I was really uh, nervous about working with my parents. My mom's also involved in the business. Yeah. Um, that was like the biggest thing that I wanted to think through. And I really talked to a lot of people about that. Um, and you know, it's, it is definitely, I have friends who work with their siblings. Um, it's different. It's, it's tough. It's tough. Some people are really, some people are built for it and some people aren't, you know? Yeah. I think we have a, we did a lot of, my dad and I in particular did a lot of like investing up front in like time spent on figuring out how we were going to work together and like making sure like we could have a professional relationship and like never calling him dad in a meeting. (laughs) Somebody told me to do that and I just like (laughs) do it. It's true. It's, it's a little weird to be in a room with like a bunch of people and you're like, Hey dad, like, what do you think about page number 13? And I was talking to my dad about this the other day and, uh, Oh, he's right here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so that was really important. Um, but yeah, we started raising money while I was still in school, and um, then I graduated and yeah. basically just like got to work. Although uh, we got extremely delayed because we got delayed by the FDA. We had oh. to we had to submit all of our like paperwork and product to get FDA approved. Um, so it was a, it was a slow start. Like mm-hmm. that summer was kind of slow, but. You know, we started working on the packaging and the website. Yeah, and all I this. love the website. The website's beautiful. Thanks. Yeah, it's nice. What um, what uh, you know, what were the frustrating moments for you at the beginning? Trying to get having going. no idea what I was doing, <laughs> and not knowing how to deal with that. Yeah. And and how did you overcome that? Lots of time, <laughs> and like my dad being like, "What are you doing?" And people are always like, "Oh, it's so much harder for women." Which, like, might be true in some ways, but I think at the end of the day, like, I, which a lot of entrepreneurs don't know what they're doing. I mean, I had never, A, started a business, B, started a medical device company, like, C, like, built an e-commerce web. You know, there was no, yeah. I had done actually none of this. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, was still, it's funny, I didn't think about, being the face of a sexual wellness company and what that meant for me personally and in my personal life and my professional life. So there was all of this just like stuff happening. Yeah. Um, was like sex positivity something that was always important to you? Yeah, but I don't think I really, I, it was more from an activist standpoint. I mean, mm. as I said, with the tampon launch, like very involved with like right. reproductive health organizations, always really passionate and involved with Planned Parenthood, um, which we're still extremely supportive of. And I um, have done a lot of work with, but yeah, no, got- it wasn't like I was like, you know, someone, people are like, oh yeah, I was always handing out condoms in high school. Like I actually, that I was not doing that. Right. 
Um, and so I just, there was a lot of stuff to sort of like figure out whilst starting this business. Mm. Um, and I think actually, which is great, you know, oh, as, as the activism piece is a huge passion point for me in terms of reproductive rights, um, I've become increasingly passionate as well about and very like clear on the fact that like women need to take control of their sexual health. Well, and what was the most important thing that you wanted to do with the company? I mean, what I wanted to do with the company was completely break the stigma around women buying and carrying condoms. Yeah. And and honestly, women just having sex. Right. Like, I think in the age of Tinder, we <laughs> tend to forget that women are not treated the same as men for having casual sex. Right. Ever. Right. Under any circumstance. They don't treat themselves the same most of the time. Mm -hmm. So I want to change that. Was there a moment where you felt like, you know, things were starting to take off a little bit? Or people were coming around to it? Yeah, I mean, I think it's there's different moments every day. Um, I think the first, like, wave of that was just, like, we had we were incredibly lucky with all of the media coverage mm -hmm. that we got and that we still get. And I think that's because we're having a really important conversation. Um, and as you said, we're like providing innovation in a category that just hasn't had much in a very long time. Yeah. Um, so that was sort of like the first, like, okay, like this is, this is a good idea, right? Like right. people understand it. It's interesting. We got a lot of retail distribution right off the bat. Um, you know, places like target and whole foods, um, really Bed Bath & Beyond and Harmon's like came on board pretty early. That's awesome. And so so we were like, okay. And, and for them it was like, yeah, women shop this category and like yeah. nobody's talking to them. Yeah. So that was another point. And then now it's just, it's there's different moments where it feels like it's happening and then there's moments where it feels like it's not going to happen at all and that <laughs> we're going to not, it's going to go nowhere. But, yeah. but that's just, you learn how to ride the wave and like not go up and down right you not know, to be so like <laughs> no it's true it's true how you know have you thought about like you know how do you grow as a company and i'm sure maybe you know you've 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 seen your dad you know go through this firsthand like you know how do you grow as a company and still hold on to your initial ideals and goals my dad makes sure that we always will yeah. we also have you know we started a because i think that's a tough thing you know like when you're expanding and like growing a lot yeah. of companies struggle with that yeah, I mean, I think it is definitely not always, especially when you're small, like the most economical idea to do the right thing. Um, it doesn't always make sense. Definitely not. No, yeah. But you, we will always. Right. Um, and I think another part of that is, you know, we started this organization called 10% for Women. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. that so really actually, as we grow, because mm -hmm. we give 10% of profits to women's reproductive health organizations in the U.S., our impact grows. Yeah. So I think that's another way to sort of, you know, it's not like Planned we give Parenthood. Planned Parenthood. What are some other like organizations? Mostly we give to Planned Parenthood right yeah. now. We've given to, um, the breast cancer research fund. Mm -hmm. We've given to women's voices for the earth, which advocates for like not putting certain ingredients in certain products. Mm. Um, but Planned Parenthood is who we work with the most. And yeah, I need a, They need that help. They need all the help they can get. Yeah. And it's definitely not coming from our little donation, but it, I think it, what's part <laughs> No, but like everything no, helps. I think what's really important to me when we decided, I, I mean, it wasn't even a thought for me. I was like, we are aligned with Planned Parenthood. Everything they're doing supports what we're doing and vice right. versa. And I'm going to be actively out there and use my brand as a way to say that like 
Planned Parenthood is a fucking awesome organization and everybody, it, it is doing so much good in the world that, you know, I think a lot of like, for me, women in New York, right? It's like, oh, well, if I need to access an abortion or birth control, like there's just no question that I can just like go to that bodega or just like walk down to my doctor's office right. and do that. But there are tens of millions of women in this country that can't do that. No. And we don't hear those stories um, enough. And so I will shout from the rooftops that I stand with Planned Parenthood. And, and it's very controversial for a brand to do that. I mean, we have had people write us letters like very regularly, like, love your products, saw you support Planned Parenthood, like, so unfortunately I'm not going to buy them. And I'm like, great, cool. Okay. Like, we don't, don't we buy... Don't, we don't need you. Yeah, I mean, everybody can have their own opinion, yeah. but I know we we were actually talking to other bigger companies um, who, who are all also, like, socially minded and mm -hmm. who we felt like we could align with, and we've had them say, like, you know, you're too out there on this, like, reproductive health stuff, and especially with Planned Parenthood, and that's going to really, like, piss off too much of our audience and you know that's fine but for me I was like we're doing this from day one and that's not I'm not gonna hide because we're like gonna get a couple more people to right. like Fuck yeah. buy our product that's awesome that's awesome and I think that's also like a newer sentiment too for you know because people always want to kowtow to like the you know to getting more money to getting more customers you know that's yeah. definitely like a sentiment that you know most businesses hold on to or like that's their goal like regardless even and i'd imagine even in like some like sustainability companies that are like you know in that world too yeah i mean it's not easy and i think my dad is you know there have been times where like i remember when we came out we have these post-play wipes these after sex cotton wipes so helpful people such a helpful love concept them. yeah and people you know a lot of people have been like you need to make a travel size you need to make a travel size my dad already was like, felt like he was compromising by making a wipe because a wipe is not like the most sustainable thing in the world, right. obviously, because um, it's disposable. But he was like, no, like that's where I'm drawing the line. Like we can't have five wipes wrapped in, you know, like, and so I, he pushes me because I, I'm new to this. And so mm -hmm. I see sometimes an opportunity and I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, of course we should do that. But it's, so he's a good, he will not let us like cross that line. That's great. No, that's cool. It's, 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 it's awesome to have his like wisdom like with you. This you know? is, he brings a lot of wisdom yeah. and a lot of experience. You know, what, what is your favorite things that, you know, following this path has allowed you to do? Um, I am just, I mean, there's so much, like I'm so grateful. And if this journey ended tomorrow, I would be like, that was fucking amazing. And mm -hmm. like, I accomplished so much. Um, obviously I've gotten to meet so many other amazing women yeah. doing things in this space and other spaces. And I just feel lucky to get to like learn from all these other women. Um, I launched this campaign last month or two months ago now, called Get On Top, where I filmed a bunch of female founders talking about sex and safe sex and encouraging people to take this pledge to practice safe sex. And that was something that came together because I've been able to meet yeah. awesome women yeah. um, who are out there doing different types of things, but who can all sort of like get behind what I'm doing. Um, but other than that, I mean, I feel really, I, I didn't, understand like sort of what I was undertaking by like 
putting myself out there as this like safe sex reproductive health advocate. Right, right. Well, maybe if you knew you wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't from the yeah, get Yeah, I mean, go. my dad kept saying to me the first year, like, you have a lot of courage. And I was like, what are you talking, what do you mean I have a lot of courage? Like, let's be honest. You're my dad. You just, you, I'm fortunate that you wanted to partner with me. Yeah. Like, I'm not out there on my own. Like, I have this amazing business partner who wants right. to start a business with me. Like, I'm not hiding behind that. Like, that's the reality. I was like, what do you mean courage? Like, I was given a really great opportunity. And he's like, no, no, no. It's This is something that you have to be really brave to do. Yeah, and it's like what you do with that opportunity. And I too, did not you know? get it until I was slut-shamed online for my lip freckle, which you guys can't see because you're listening. But if you look at any of my headshots, you'll see I have like a... Oh, yeah, yeah. Nobody really even notices it anymore. Or I don't notice it. Except for people, like, when I'm checking out sometimes at, like, Twain Reed, they'll be like, oh, you have, like, you pen on your lip. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I mean, the first time we got press, um, which I was like, ah, like, it's so exciting. Yeah. Um, that sounded really fake, but I was really <laughs> excited. <laughs> I was, like, reading the article, started reading the comments. Oh, big mistake. Right, but, like. Who, know, who, who knew that? Oh, big mistake. Fresh out of the gate. Yeah. Um, and I was like... Because well, some... you want to see, see people connecting no, with and I'm, a No, and I'm so way. glad that I read the comments. Yeah. And the comment said, what's on her lip? She should obviously be using condoms, not selling them. Oh, boy. And I was like... I was, I was not okay. I was so upset. I was like, I need to call my dermatologist. <laughs> like, I was like, just... It was just so... Such an emotional day. And yeah. then it just... I, it was not what I was expecting and it was it was horrible and it just made me feel like okay this is just this is like the tip of the iceberg that so many women deal with yeah. every single day yeah. like this is this is nothing like I can deal with this I'm glad I saw this comment because now I'm gonna fucking go out there 10 times harder yeah but like oh my god like this is, I want to hear and understand what women deal with every day. 96% of women are shamed in some way every day. I just heard that last week. Um, and I want to help show them that, like, they can stand up for their health and their sexual health and be sexual and be happy and proud. And so it's been a lot of those types of lessons, mm. which I'm grateful to have. So I I do think that there is this really interesting wave of like female run and focus brands whether mm -hmm. it's like thanks underwear or dame products which is a vibrator company or sustain natural um i think it's happening and it's starting and and we're all hitting different walls um mm -hmm. but we're doing it together and i and and people want to talk about this stuff yeah. i mean at, i think especially with sex you know, it's funny, like, even just in, like, testing or, like, newsletters and emails, like, putting some sort of sexual innuendo in the email subject line is always going to get an open versus yeah. not. Yeah. And so it's it's an asset, but it's also, like, sometimes feels like it's not an asset. Right. So trying to use it in an appropriate <laughs> way that helps me grow my business. Well, making your business work, you know, what, what have you found that are, like, the day-to-day -day fears and stresses that you have to deal with? I feel like you just went there's there in your head. There's, I'm sorry. there's, there's a million. <laughs> there's not a million. I'm. I think there are always like the big things and then the small things. So, for example, for me, 
personally something I struggled with for the first um, I've been working on this now for almost three for three years but we're only two years old um, the first thing for me was like managing people um, I think it's really hard mm-hmm. and I'm so grateful that I had my dad to coach me through it because right. it's definitely an art and something you need to learn there's a, there's a couple of different styles to it too you know people have different approaches oh yes They do. And I don't even, I think I know what my approach is, but it's like, it's tough because I, I'm also managing people from a wide range of ages. Right. Um, so I'm still learning it, but that for me was such a big, like that was like a stressor, you know, the first time I had to fire somebody, like that was a very intense emotional experience. Obviously it was probably worse for the other person, but it felt worse you know i was i was like i don't know how yeah, you're not a cold robot you know like you're gonna feel no you know, and there's not... a way to do it that is you know respectful and there's also a way to manage somebody so that you don't get to that point until you need to get to that point mm-hmm. so i think managing people was like a big weight over me for the first year or two and now as i sort of talked about in the beginning i also didn't effectively know how to deal with like what I didn't know how to do for a while. Mm. So I would get really defensive and sort of be like, oh yeah, I'll figure it out. Or I figured it out. But I actually didn't figure it out and I didn't want to go ask for help because I thought that showed like insecurity and that like my business partner has like been doing this forever. And I wanted to show him and everybody else who we're working with like, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, 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 I know what I'm doing. So just accepting that like I actually don't know what I'm doing a lot of the time and figuring out how to figure it out. Yeah, that's taking like ego out of it, you know? Yeah, and just figuring out like creating a good network of other people to talk to and know who to go to for certain things. But every day, it's, I mean, it's like right now, you know, we're growing, our, we're trying to grow and build out our e-commerce business, which we haven't really focused on. I have never done that before. So for me, it's also like, okay, when knowing when to be like, am I really the right person to manage this or not? Mm-hmm. And do I need to find someone? And being okay with like making those decisions and letting go a little bit. Yeah. Letting go of our Instagram a <laughs> while ago. That was a hard one. Cause that was hard, but you just let, yeah, you no. that learning to let now I feel now I like letting go Yeah. when it feels okay. Like I'm like, yes, like this is off my plate. I'll still like be a hawk over it for a while, but uh-huh. yeah, now I'm like, great bring in someone to manage e-commerce like, right. <laughs> i do not know what i'm doing <laughs> well what, what are your hopes for sustain where do you want to end up where do you want to take it end up's the wrong word where do you want to take it well i mean i joked about it like selling our products at sephora but that's sort of like an analogy for what i hope i hope yeah. that sexual wellness products and you know starting with sustain are like any other personal care product any other product that a woman's buying to take control of her health um, and something she feels good about buying. And mm. yeah, currently a lot of places that condoms are sold, people don't feel like the most inspired, but we're going to change that. That's great. Mika Hollander, thank you so much. Thanks. <laughs>